0: This is the classic question on the fourth precept. Say you are strictly following the precepts, you see a terrified man run past you. Then another man comes up to you with a knife and asks if you've seen where the first man went. Although you know, although you know, would it be appropriate to lie and say you don't know, never seen him, or would you have to tell the truth? This is always given as an example of how quote-unquote, the precepts are a guide, not a rule. People believe that uh, there are instances where breaking the precepts is appropriate. And they have all sorts. So there's there's, there's even better ones than this you could come up with, but this is the classic one. Uh, but it's a silly one. Uh, and, and please don't take this personally, because this is the classic question. And so someone, th- this was explained, I was sitting in a group, and this monk was explaining this, and I said to him, Well, couldn't you just couldn't you just not say anything? And and he was like, Oh yeah, I guess you could <laughs> because keeping the precepts doesn't mean you have to say stuff. Cre- keeping the precepts means uh means not doing things. I mean so so suppose this guy even says, Tell me where he went or I'll beat you up and you say Oh, you're, you're welcome to beat me up if you like. Uh, it's really not, really none of my concern. Something like that. And then they might beat you up and, and, and that's it. They might kill you and so on. It doesn't mean that you have to tell a lie. It doesn't mean you have to tell the truth. Uh, that's really the proper thing to do. There's an interesting article I read recently um, by Sam Harris. And probably some of you know who Sam Harris is. He's He's an atheist. They don't like to be called that. I'm an atheist too, so... But but by atheist, I mean he's someone who talks a lot about atheism, among other things. But it's something that he's well known for, his views on theism and the silliness of it all. And he wrote an article recently about self-defense, and it got me thinking because he's going on and on about how you you have to react and you have to... Uh, don't go along with with things. When you're being attacked, don't go along with it. And at first, I didn't agree with it, but but I think some of it's agreeable because self-defense is for sure allowable. You don't want to if someone's trying to rape you or so, and you don't want to have them rape you because unless, no, you're not going to agree with it. Uh, the reason why you don't want them to rape you is because it's bad for them, uh, which many people find difficult to understand, but um, the reason why you don't want people to murder you is because it's bad for them. That's, that's I think, a really good excuse not to let it happen. Um, another good excuse is because you want to live yourself so that you can do good stuff, and you think if I die that I don't know where I'm going to go, I'm not enlightened yet, and so better I stick around for a while to do more good deeds. There's lots of good reasons for defending yourself. But um, I think there still is some some case for, especially an extreme example. There, the, the example that I thought of was of this monk who was in um, was in Rajagaha. He was a Theravada monk who was going walking through India barefoot, and he had his his lay, lay attendant with him uh, carrying the money. And they decided that they would camp out on Gijakuta, Gijakuta Vulture's Peak, which is a very famous place where the Buddha lived and many, many of the disciples lived, the Buddha's great disciples lived. And um, it's kind of like this, the mount in the Sermon on the Mount. It's a very important place in Buddhism. So they thought, cool, we'll just. We'll just camp out up here. <laughs> Big mistake. Don't camp in Bihar. I don't know if it's better now, but the idea of camping in Bihar is ridiculous. Uh, tourists get... Tourists uh, tourists get murdered in Bihar. It's a very poor province. And uh, lots of bandits and so on. And so indeed, uh, they were confronted by bandits. Actually, Gijakuta is safe now, I think. There's guys with guns guarding Giche Kutta, Maybe because of things like this happening, but you know, anyway, at night I don't think the guards stay stick around. And so at night they were confronted by these bandits. And uh, the, the, the 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 lay attendant, the, the guy who was walking with him, uh, charged them and ran right, broke right through them, scuffled with them a little bit, and ran away and jumped down the from the top of Gijakuta into the ravine you know like um, not breaking anything but scratching himself terribly and bruising himself and uh, and the the monk the monk sat there and they said we're going to kill you now and the, what the monk said that he did is he just they had a knife pointed at his neck, and he just lifted up his neck like this to, to give them the to give them his, to give them his flesh like okay, if you're going to do it, go ahead and do it And the point is that they didn't kill him they The, the point is that there's a power in that there's a power in letting go that uh, very often makes you immune to to uh to evil. And as a result, it, was, it would have been quite difficult for them to hurt him. It would have been quite easy for them to hurt the other guy, because he was totally unmindful, and he had lost his presence of mind. Uh, they didn't kill him, and the, the guy that jumped down in the ravine, the story goes that he realized that he had left this monk defenseless, and so he climbed back up. And uh, surrendered himself, and they had to give up all their clothes and robes and bowls and money and camera and everything. All they left him, the monk, with was his lower robe, so like a sarong. Uh, but they left him alive, and somehow they they survived and got out of it, and went to stay in a Thai monastery and had a happy ending in the end. But uh, anyway, that's not exactly... The question you're asking, but you certainly don't have to lie, and in the case where you're forced to do something unethical, just don't do it uh, regardless of the consequences, because people always make up these things well what if if they do, if you if you don't do it they're going to do this, but you know the point is what you're saying is that if you don't do something unethical, somebody else is going to do something unethical and you're not responsible for their their uh, unethical behavior. It's not your uh, bad karma if someone else does something bad. It would only be an intellectual exercise if you said, uh, I should do something bad because otherwise these people are going to do something worse. The The ethics of it are quite clear. You're not doing anything wrong and... So from a point of view of, of reality, um, there, there's no need ever to do something bad in order to avert um, badness. You, you're you not responsible for other people's acts. If uh, And knowing that people go according to their karma and so on, it's, it's quite a difficult... I mean, it's quite clear in my mind, but it's I, I have trouble expressing this because I know people feel quite strongly like if you're family was involved, people would be very much attached to their family, but it goes totally against the against reality, actually, and it falls into this conventional reality of, of relationships and our attachment to other people, uh, missing the whole point of how karma works and how people go according to their deeds and their relationships with each other. If someone's going to kill someone else, it has much more to do with their relationship as two individuals than your... Intervention, and so on. So, uh, for sure, uh, there, there's there's never any reason to do uh, unwholesomeness uh, because the the that is your action, and that is your um, that is your input into the universe, regardless of what someone else is going to do. Anyway so